Welcome into another episode of Grass is Always Greener. I'm your host, Ryan Elke. A big win. Win over Michigan, locking in that tournament bid. The sweating, the doubt is over. Let's get into it. Ready? One, two. is always greener. Here's your host, Ryan Elke. Welcome into another episode of Grass is Always Greener. Find it on Twitter at AlwaysGreenMSU. I'm your host, Ryan Elke. Find me on Twitter at RyanEL underscore key. Find the podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, podcast.com. If you have a question, you can email us or hit me up on Twitter. Email grassisalwaysgreenermsu at gmail.com. Big win, much needed win. Putting fears back down in Ann Arbor. Love it. I like it. Want some more of it. So I always do that when I say I like it. Just go into that. Is it Tim McGraw? ESPN update on the phone. Don't worry. Nothing important there. But um, let's get right. Or today on the episode, before I kind of jump into things, talk about the win yesterday. Made us sweat it out a bit, but tell of a turnaround from Thursday. And understandably, that's kind of how I felt after Thursday, more Friday, going into the game. So we'll talk about the game. Talk about NCAA tournament, kind of what the projections are now as of Monday. Uh, talk about the Big Ten tournament that kicks off Wednesday. What Michigan State's outlook looks like. And... We'll just have fun. Let's just have fun right now. Three top five wins in two weeks. So it's it's been a hell of a turnaround <laughs> after thinking this season and this streak would be dead. It's fun to just kind of be back on the winning side. So let's get into the game from yesterday. 70-64, to 64, MSU beats Michigan. And honestly, the I was watching the game with my dad yesterday on Sunday, and he's just like, wow, surprisingly, when they don't get out to a horrible start, they're in games. Like, yes, when you don't dig into like a 0-11 to 11 or 0-7 to 7 start, you have a good chance of being it. Not that he was being facetious towards them, but it's like this is how this team is. Like, it's hard for them to have a long, sustained offensive run to get back into games. And that's just what this game was. They just kind of held control. I want to look, see what, see how long they had the lead. And yeah, they led for almost 33 minutes of this game. Trailed for only a couple, trailed for three and a half, tied for three and a half minutes. So they really took control of this game and. Tried to blow it. They tried to pull a Purdue. <laughs> they certainly tried almost to a freaking T with the Rocket Watts turnover at the end. But honestly, 
speaking of Rocket Watts, I mean, like, cue Taylor Swift, this is December, because we haven't seen a 20-point game from Rocket Watts since December 5th, December 4th against Detroit. 21 points, 8 of 16 shooting, 5 of 6 from free throws, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, like 33 minutes. I think he played the entire second half. Played 18 minutes in the second half. And honestly, that was because, too, like we all know he was benched the final 17 on Thursday. He wasn't diving after a loose ball. Izzo sent the message. And I think that's where Izzo's at with this team now, where he's no longer accepting those types of mistakes. It's you're going to pay for those mistakes, and we're going to move forward. And that's exactly what happened. And honestly, like it, Watts was needed for this game. I mean, he did have a huge first half, scoring 11 points. But that also really wasn't the story is because A.J. Holgar just wasn't playing well. So it's not like you could have had him spell Watts out throughout the second half because Watts, or because Holgar just, just didn't have it. Just did not have it yesterday. And that's fine. He's a freshman. They're going to be bad games. It's just nice to see where earlier in the year you felt like if it was a bad game or not, he was sticking with his rotation and continually playing that rotation to where now it's finally tightening up where the people that are playing the best that day are going to play. I mean, hell, we got Jack Hoiberg putting in solid minutes of this game, seven minutes, and finish with the second best plus minus of the team at a plus 10. Joey Hauser was a plus 14. But nothing about, like, it's really good to see Rocket Watts finally have a good game. And by a good game, not like, oh, he scored some points, but there's turn like it was all around good game. And it came out after the the game, um, Coach Izzo said it that uh Rocket Watts was mom was there. First time she's been able to see him play at Michigan State. The Rocket said he could hear her from the floor so I think it was just it was just a great moment to see now us as Spartan fans we need to do whatever it takes to get Rockets mom to Indianapolis for the Big Ten tournament for the NCAA tournament we need to buy her season tickets we need to take care of travel expenses I don't want to handle this GoFundMe to allocate the funds if someone is a lot better at doing that type of thing, please let's do it. Let's get Rocket's mom to every single game. If he's going to play like this, if he's going to ball out every time his mom's there, let's do it all. Let's pull out all stops. We're here for you. Well, just great to see. And uh, for as the rest of the team, Aaron Henry, after a really – slow first half and even slow start of the second half just doing what he does fine or 18 total points um just 
just great and to close out that game. And I feel like for him too, like since Watts was going off, I know Henry said this in the post game as well. Just tell him like keep going. Tell him Watts like you know you're you're making shots, keep taking them. So I think that was much needed for Henry too to like to not be that guy for forty minutes, to not have to be on for forty minutes, to have Watts and Hauser take over the first 20 minutes. I mean, because they had 20 points in the first half, Watson, Hauser, and there's 30 total between Michigan State. So I think it was much needed for Henry. And in the second half, Henry was the leading scorer. So much needed. Langford has looked tired, and but hitting that huge three, right at the end of the game to seal everything. And that's what has been just nice about that game. Even though there was little moments where Michigan started climbing back in, like there's always the one answer. There was the winning play, the winning play. Because throughout these last few weeks where Michigan State has gone like Hell Week 1.0 and Hell Week 2.0, uh, Michigan State's just made the winning play, and they haven't really been that outstanding on offense or defense. This is from Brendan Quinn, who writes for The Athletic, covers both Michigan and Michigan State. Great follow at BF Quinn on Twitter. Um, it was craziest part of MSU's 5-2 to two finish with wins over Illinois, Ohio State, and Michigan. It, they ranked 50th in adjusted defense, and 70th in adjusted offense in that span. So, looking at the analytics, they've been an average team stats-wise in these games. Like 50, so you're top top quarter. I can't remember how many college basketball teams are in Division One. Like you're in like 70th. Like it's nothing special what they're doing. They're not shooting the lights out. They're not locking teams down. They're just going out there and winning. They're making the right plays at the right time. And that's just, it's just nice to see. Like, it's it's hard to explain when you see a, a stat like that of how this team is actually pulling off a run like this when we all wrote them for dead, and kind of rightfully so. I think that's more impressive of how good Aaron Henry's been through the last two weeks. This leadership has been the last two weeks getting through us. The assistant coaches having to do the scouting on these quick turnarounds. Like it's, and Tom has alluded to this in his post game, and I've think I've kind of alluded to it as well that no matter how this season ends whether whatever happens in the Big Ten tournament the NCAA tournament these last two weeks are going to make you remember this team for a long time because when was the last time you saw a team take down three top five opponents in that short of a span Granted, all those wins were at home. Who cares? 
you just don't see a run like that. Like this, this sort of run is reminding me of the UConn um, great run with Kemba Walker, where they won like eleven straight games to end the season with the Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament. Like you just don't see a run like that often, and that's why I think this team is going to be remember like remembered for a long time because of. Just a because of the context of it all. This team starts out hot, gets the number four in the nation, beats Notre Dame, beats Duke. At the time, we thought those were going to be amazing wins. Turns out those two teams aren't even tournament teams this year. Then struggle to start Big Ten play. Have every, pretty much everyone on the team affected with COVID come back from that not everyone's back still again struggle then when all the makeup games come in and you just see everything scheduled out and you just go I just don't know how this team can do enough to play into a tournament and they go out and just do it and they didn't do it with lights out shooting they didn't do it by holding people under like 55 points they just did it. And that's what we're going to remember for this team for a long time. Like Aaron Henry has put himself in the Michigan State like honor because of these last two weeks. Like we're going to talk about Aaron Henry as one of these greats now because of this two-week run and what he's meant to this program at this time. So I just had to oh, had to get that off my chest cuz like this has been very special these last two weeks and I don't want it to go by and I don't want to take this team for granted for what they've done the last two weeks cuz it's been hell on them, on the coaches, on the training staff. And it's just been a lot of fun to see. And, again, nothing is better than ending your season, beating your rival, especially when they're ranked number two in the nation. And they just beat you a couple days earlier, looking like they're rolling on all cylinders. Now, to how... MSU actually beat Michigan uh, on Sunday. A lot of credit to Julius Marble. A lot of credit to Marcus Bingham for just coming out and shutting down Hunter Dickinson, making him very uncomfortable in the lane. I mean, before those two and ones before uh, in the final minute, like the dude was just just a non-factor. He finishes with 12.7 rebounds, but Julius Marble, with his strength, made him very uncomfortable. And Dickinson playing like a freshman. Is Aaron Henry and Langford, I think we're switching off on Wagner. Wagner finishes 10 points, 4 of 12 shooting. And 
MSU got somewhat lucky because as they continue to try to dig down on Dickinson down low, we're leaving three-point shots open, and the shots weren't falling like they were in Ann Arbor on Thursday. Michigan just goes 7 of 12, or excuse me, 7 of 12, 7 of 22 from three-point, shooting 32%. I mean, the only person you could say objectively had a good game against Michigan State for the Wolverines is Shondi Brown, 5 of 10 shooting for 13 points and four rebounds. Other than that... No one looked that great. Now, this win does come with a small bit of context because Eli Brooks, um, say whatever you want about him, about his stat line. He's an important piece for Michigan. He rolled his ankle five minutes into the game. He was he had five points already. And, hey, he's their starting point guard. He is a senior. He's seen a lot. Wearing that Wolverine uniform in a very small sample size of one and three quarters games, Michigan is 0 2. So that is still an important piece for Michigan that they're out for out for pretty much that entire game. And who knows what Michigan is now without him? And who knows when he's going to be back? It's Monday, early afternoon. As I'm recording this, John Howard just had media availability, so there's no update on Eli Brooks yet. If And I talked about this on the morning show, uh, X's and Bros. You can find it at michigansportsnetwork.com. With, uh, I was talking with our host, Anthony Bellino, huge Michigan fan. He's a PA announcer for U of M. I said all you can hope as a Michigan fan for Brooks is that he can be as close to 100% or whatever 100% is for him by the NCAA tournament. Like for Michigan, the Big Ten tournament shouldn't be a thought right now. Your thought should be getting healthy enough for the NCAA tournament. You have your Big Ten regular season title. As much as Illinois wants to dispute that, you're the champion. You played like the champion all year. It is what it is. You want to be healthy enough to make a tournament run. Now, for state fans, for what you're thinking, hey, it'd be really nice <laughs> to kind of spoil spoil their Big Ten tournament season, to have a better run in the NCAA tournament. But we'll get into that as we approach that a little closer. But for Michigan, you've got to be a little worried about your team right now and the trajectory of their season at this time. Drop two of your final three games to lose your starting point guard. Who knows what their trajectory is now? But, and hell of a win for MSU. Let's see, I gave credit to Bingham and Marble for doing a great job. Rocket Watts was amazing the entire game. Just running through my list. Josh Langford, stone cold, just hitting that three when it's 61-59. Just, oh, just putting that game away. Like he said at the end of the game, or after the game, 
He was, yeah, even before I was catching that ball, I heard the bench yelling, shoot it, shoot it. Tom Izzo comes on after and he goes, when Josh caught that ball, I was the first one yelling, shoot it. So it was, that's the moment you, that's the Cassius Winston moment versus Ohio State. Like, that's the special senior day moment. And that's another reason why this team will be remembered for a long time, despite the record, despite the entirety of the season. Plays like that are why we're going to remember this team. Uh, Gabe Brown, also very quiet throughout the day. No, No made field goals. Four huge free throws at the end of the game. I mean, the dude had 11 free throw attempts before this game on the entire year. He steps up, goes 4-4, gets a couple huge rebounds in the final minute. All in all, it was a great team effort. I said Jack Hoiberg, seven minutes played, an assist, plus 10, uh, plus minus for the day. And honestly... The way he was moving and getting open, I wish he would have taken a couple shots. He had some nice pump face at the three-point line, gets in the lane, had some space to, to to take a jumper. I felt like he was a little scared to do it. Understandably, this is your most meaningful playing time you've ever had. Last thing you want to do is get yanked for taking a jump shot. But if the shot's there, take it. So I loved what I saw at Jack Hoiberg in that game. And all in all, just a great team performance. And uh, I'm just, I'm feeling some type of way right now about state basketball. Because right now we're getting to the point where we feel confident and good about this team again. So uh, this week, Big Ten Tournament starts. Um, I know before... Like during the weekend, I think we're all hoping that somehow Rutgers was the team we would play on Thursday. Michigan State was locked in at the ninth seed. Uh, I believe it was if Iowa beat Wisconsin and if Maryland beat Penn State, then Maryland would jump up to the seventh seed. Rutgers would drop to the eighth seed. And then... Last night, Maryland, up big versus Penn State. I think they're up double digits at some point. I was monitoring this game from afar. As A, I did have a bet on Maryland to cover a five-and-a-half-point spread. I tuned in for the final minutes, and Maryland just blew it. And so I don't know what to think about this matchup because we all know how it went the first time. It was not pretty. But again, it was MSU coming off of the Illinois and Ohio State wins at the end of Hell Week 1.0. And so it was a game kind of expected. They got into that 11-0 deficit in the first few minutes. But like this Maryland team is struggling this past week. So whether or not it had been Rutgers who lost to Nebraska – a week ago, or it's Maryland who has lost to Penn State. And I know they've they've dropped their last two since beating Michigan State. I'm just going to see up who they're 
see who their other loss was against. Lost to Penn State and Northwestern. So ever since that Michigan State win on the last day of February, they dropped two straight going into the Big Ten tournament. They can't be feeling too confident right now. So all Michigan State, I mean, it, is it a hard ask or is it just an ask to just come out and not be down 11 points in the first four minutes? And we'll see. Like You're facing a struggling Maryland team. So despite, you know, having a 20-point loss to them, would be a week and a half removed from when you last played them. It's not like Maryland kept that rolling. They had their streak of winning four or five in a row, and now they've hit their wall. To a point where almost the standings of the bracketology have flip-flopped, where Maryland was a hot trending team, state you didn't know, then all of a sudden like it's going the other way where state might leapfrog them in a seeding situation on depending on the outcome of the game Thursday, which is 1130. You get the, the fresh start, the, the first game of the Thursday slate of the tournament. So who knows? They said it's tournament time. Anything can happen. I'm excited for, I know it sucks for all the people who work regular hours. Um, that this game's at 11.30 for me. With the show being done at 9 a.m., I'll be able to sit down, watch it all, do media. So, a little excited for the 11.30 start. Selfish reasons. But, and if Michigan State, lo and behold, wins that game, they'll play Michigan Friday morning at 11.30. So, there's a possible rubber match sitting right there and how great would it be for Michigan State in the context of Michigan and Michigan State season if somehow Michigan State could beat Michigan two out of three times just saying it's out there I'm I'm feeling a little more confident about this team going forward now and it's just because they're finally making the winning plays. Like, how easy could it have been for that team to collapse yesterday versus Michigan when it got to a two-point game? Like, it doesn't happen often where the number two team in the nation is making a run in the final minute of a game against a team that's under 500 in the league and the under 500 team makes all the winning plays at the end of the in the final what 45 seconds and Michigan sure as hell had their chances too how many times is Isaiah Livers missing that shot that wide open three it's not doesn't happen often to where Josh Lankford can come down, stone cold, hit the three. <sighs> but let's see. Let's hopefully my tune doesn't get changed 
early Thursday <laughs> afternoon. So that's the game of importance right now. It's Thursday, 1130 versus Maryland. Avenge another loss. That's what you need to do right now in the Big Ten tournament. Just avenge the losses you have this year. So I believe the way it's set up, that's this is a if and or but type of looking ahead situation of the seeding of the Big Ten tournament and what what Michigan State's path could be if they do make a run. So they have Maryland Thursday morning. If they win that game, it's against Michigan. Um, Purdue is the four seed. Surprisingly, Ohio State not getting the bye all the way up till Friday. Ohio State's the fifth seed in the in the Big Ten tournament. So if Michigan State does, in fact, move ahead of Friday into Saturday, they get the winner of Purdue-Ohio State. And then, then yeah, somehow they make it to Sunday. Probably going to get Illinois. If Illinois is the two-seed, Iowa's the three-seed. And you just don't see any team on the bottom part of the bracket just beating Illinois or Iowa. It's Nebraska, Penn State, Indiana, Rutgers, Wisconsin. No confidence in those teams beating Illinois and Iowa. So here's what it is what it is. But as of now, Michigan State fully off of bubble watch. Uh, go through three kind of uh, bracketologists that I kind of follow. I don't really know a whole hell of a lot outside of Lenardi and Jerry Palm. The grand, as a Michigan State fan, being spoiled, haven't really had to know who the bracketologists are. Normally, just check ESPN and see, like, oh, is State going to be a two seed, a three seed, a four seed? And you just kind of go on with your day. This year, I've been sweating out the bracketologists a little more. So we'll start with start with Joe Lenardi just because he's the most popular one. He's the biggest name that we know. Uh, I don't believe he's the most accurate from what I've seen on Twitter that they've said because Michigan State fans have kind of poked in a little more on that. But as of now, Joe Lenardi as Michigan State, as he lists teams on the bubble, it's last four buys, last four in, first four out, next four out. For last four buys means you're avoiding the playing game of that 12 seed game or the 11 seed game or 12 whatever, whatever the playing games will be. So Michigan State's the top team of the last four buys. So right now Lenardi has them in the which bracket was it? It was Region Four has them listed as the 11 seed. Going up, USC, the sixth seed. The number one seed in that bracket is Illinois. The number two seed is Alabama. Do I see any possible runs? I don't know. I am not going to play that game until the actual bracket is out. We'll ha- I'll have a, have a special episode for when the bracket is released, and we can kind of go over the team they're facing and teams they could run into. But as of now, Lenardi has Michigan State as an 11 seed going against USC. USC is 
decent team. They have a top NBA prospect on their team. I can't remember his name at the moment. It's hard to pronounce, but he's a 7-1 center. Imagine how Marcus Bing would be play there. Now, if I go to Sports Illustrated, um, I, I don't know the name of their bracketologist. Let me see if they're whoever wrote the article here. Shelby Mast and Scott Gleason. Again, these are all updated as of Monday after Sunday's games. They have Michigan State as an 11 seed as well in the where are they there we go in the west region so this would be the top region because gonzaga is their one seed they'd be playing tennessee tennessee has been a very hot and cold team they are just like their football team folks they bring in a lot of top recruits there is always a lot of hype and they always disappoint so if that was a matchup, that'd be a matchup I would be confident in. I feel like that'd be a lot of that'd be a very favorited upset pick for brackets. Knowing how Tennessee's season has gone of being I think they were a top ten team at one point and lost a few games in a row. So there's a possibility. So Sports Illustrated and Joe Lenardi of ESPN have Michigan State ranked as seven or excuse me, ranked as eleven seeds. Now go to Jerry Palm of CBS. He has updated his as of this morning, Monday morning, and he has Michigan State as the highest seed I've seen. They have him in as a nine seed, and the eight seed would be Colorado. Yes, the Buffaloes. And honestly, I love the matchup. Know nothing about Colorado basketball or what their team is like this year. It's more of football Twitters going at each other. Because we all know what Colorado Twitter was like when Mel Tucker was hired, hired away from them a year ago. They would salivate at this matchup. I think state fans would salivate at this matchup. It'd be very interesting. The one seed in that bracket is Illinois. So if Michigan State does win, they'd go on to face a Big Ten opponent. We've seen the brackets do this before. Hell, it was uh, two years ago when MSU made the Final Four. They were the two seed. They faced Minnesota in the second round. Minnesota was the 10 seed. So all all the committee cares about is not getting a conference matchup in that first round. But boy, would that be an interesting tournament layout for Michigan State to face Colorado first round and possibly Illinois in the second round. Sign me up. Not sure how it'd go, but just sign me up. <laughs> oh, but who knows? Uh, this will all change within a week because chaos will commence. Teams will play themselves out. Teams will play themselves in. As for now, I think Michigan State is locked into the tournament. Whether that's a 9, 10, 11 seed a playing game, who knows? But with that win over number two Michigan, three top five 
wins in two weeks. There's just not a way you can deny this team into the tournament. So we'll just leave it at that. Be back probably Thursday after the Michigan State game. I'll do another podcast so we can kind of talk about whether or not the season continues Friday or we're sitting until Selection Sunday. So as of now, this has been another episode of Grass is Always Greener. I'm your host, Ryan Elke. Find the podcast on Twitter, Always Green MSU. Find me on Twitter, Ryan EL underscore key. So that way you can find the podcast or after each game, I'm posting videos of what the coaches and players are saying post game. You can find great videos, including the one of Tom Izzo yesterday saying that he gives all the credit for, to the marketing department for making uh, the Breslin as accommodating as possible during this year, except motorizing the cardboard cutouts and making them swear at officials. So you can find all that type of stuff, all post-game reactions. Let me find it on my Twitter, Ryan EL underscore key. You can listen to the podcast many different ways. Google, Apple, Spotify, podcast.com. Leave five-star reviews and only five-star reviews. Tell your Michigan State friends, listen to the podcast. And if you have a question, hit me up on Twitter or email the show, MSU at gmail.com. Once again, and as always, go green. One, two. That's another episode of Grass is Always Greener. Make sure you subscribe. Apple, Google, or Spotify. Why not all three?